And we're back once again, Blue Corner. This is Dennis, and uh, what a week it's been. I mean, the week's only just begun for us, but uh, uh, we finally got to watch the uh, circus that is the uh, Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul. Um, obviously, um, a lot of people tuned in, you know. A lot of people like to throw a bit of shade, but a lot of people tuned in. But uh, look, before we get started, as I always say, make sure you hit that subscribe, like, share, comment. Uh, if you comment, I'll probably get back to you, so be nice. Um, but yeah, look, uh, this week I've got a different uh, episode once again. Um, uh, we we touch in the land of Muay Thai, kickboxing, MMA, uh, bare knuckle, uh, which is a first for, for this show. Um, but yeah, like uh, I, I tried to do a little bit of research and... Uh, tried to get the right fight record and I couldn't do it. So I'm actually going to let you, uh, you know, talk a little bit about, about your fight record. But before you do, I have to tell everybody who I'm actually talking about. I'm talking about uh, none other than Michael, the badass, uh, Badado. How have you been? How has the uh, start of the year been treating you? And yeah, what, what, what's the latest? Um, this year's been good. Um, every year's been good. But uh, for all my followers, all my listeners out there, thank you, thank you. And um, just goes to say, like, I'm always appreciative. And today's, uh, this year is going to be a big year, but even next year is going to be even bigger. So, the best is yet to come. And why, why, why is this year going to be such a big year for you? Well, um, not only just fighting wise, um, I'm trying to build on my own self, my own brand, which is Mad Invite. And um, like, for anyone that didn't know, not only was a world champion fighter. I was still working at the same time. I was working as a security guard. Um, and since last year, since COVID, I've been working for myself, doing my own personal training and my own business. And it's looking good for me. And I don't like to create envy or show off, but life is good. Life is really, really good. Nice. And, it, and it's always amazing to hear about, you know, obviously fighters and as you say, being a world champion. Um, the fact that you are still working, you know, like, um, and, and, you know, it, it is one of those things because, you know, a lot of people from the sidelines, we, we always talk about fighter pay and, and, and so forth. And um, obviously the, the, the sport that you probably uh, excelled in um, doesn't even compare to, say, the fighter pay of a lot of these mixed martial artists or boxers yeah. now as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well... <laughs> I, I guess my first question is, out of all the uh, martial arts that you could choose, why why choose the one that you, you obviously went after? Well, um, kickboxing, it is my passion. Muay Thai, it is my passion. My older brother, his name's Reinhard Bidardo. He's four times world champion. Um, he owns a gym in Blacktown called Full Force Gym. And he's 10 years older than me. So he basically paved the way for me to fight and... It was a very good example for me and uh, it, was, it was really, really good to see that I can just follow in his footsteps and it just, my talent came natural. However, um, you just we just watched that fight with Paul Logan and um, Mayweather. They got paid in the millions. Now, as a kickboxer, as a Muay Thai fighter, and I'm a professional Muay Thai fighter, we don't get paid that good. We don't get paid as much as people think. Um, the house that I live in with my family, that wasn't through fighting. It was actually through working hard in my security job that I have, uh, or I did have. So, um, yeah, I just, that there is so many kickboxers out there that really just stuck with the game and stuck with their passion, such as John Wepa, um, Steve McKinnon. And I look up to them because they weren't in it for the money. They were in it for the glory and for themselves and, you know, if you, if you really love doing something that you really, really love doing, regardless of the money, you'll do it. So, yeah, I found the way to do it. And uh, here I am now. Um, this is my chance to, to, to pay back and give back to the community and give back to what I do and what I do love be, um, doing best, which is kickboxing kick, um, and Muay Thai. So now I'm passing on my knowledge. So... I'm in, I'm in heaven. I'm loving it at the moment. And you bring up John Wayne Parr. Um, obviously, uh, he, he's a great in the sport and, and a legend mm -hmm. when it comes to the sport in Definitely. Australia, right? Like yep. he, he really paved the way for a lot of, you know, and, and he's well-respected right around the world. Can you believe that he's still um, 
chasing that dream? Because obviously, I think it was just three weeks ago he he took Before, another fight on yeah, on, on one FC. Did you catch that fight? I did you? catch that fight. I was um, rooting for him, and I'm a, I've been a been massive fan for him since I was a little kid. And um, like I mentioned, he just he is an awesome and a perfect example of how a fighter should be. And you know, like like I mentioned before, as fighters, we don't get that much money, but he found a way, and he is um, like a mentor to me. So good on him, and my hats off to him. I have to ask though, what did what what did you think of that fight? And also, have you actually been able to uh, cross paths with him before? Like, have you personally met him? And, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, um, and, and we're actually, I consider him a, as a great friend. Um, he, I was fighting underneath his show um, CMT, which was a massive show back um, a few years ago. I think ten years ago since he did it from today and um every single fight night that he did i was just on it and i was just knocking people out and i became his champion and um once he got the contract for one fc and he was really building up to his boxing i think that's when he stopped the cmt promotion but um i consider him as a very good friend of mine and um no i i, I regularly see him on facebook on the world of facebook and social media but um yeah very good friend of his not just by a um, social media friends, but actual friend friend. Yeah, I mean he he he's crazy, and I I, I tell you what I love about John is is his attitude, right? Yeah. Like he his attitude, he's just got that um that vibe that you basically go, I want to be around that, That's right? Like correct. I mean, even when he took that loss on that last fight, like the he way took he took it on the chin, he the way it. he handled it, and he was just oh, like, yeah, well. he goes, I'm happy. I just wanted to fight this guy. I'm yep. I'm so blessed to share the cage with him. Like it was just, I don't know. Like he reeks positivity. That's right. And, and I think not even the fight. I think the world needs that, right? That's like right. he's yeah. just a beautiful soul. That's time to time. I try to be like that, and he's a good mentor for that. Like he took that loss on the chin, and you know he's still training, he's still going, and. That's a good example, and he's a good example for his kids, for the people out there looking up to him. Because, um, you know, for the times you want to give up, for the times you want to just, oh, I can't do it anymore, people are watching you. And, you know, a lot of people are watching him, and he knows how to carry it well, and does he carry it well? And I and, and I would have to agree with you because look for people that don't know I was actually meant to get you on a couple of weeks ago I had something come up we had to reschedule and exactly you're right like um, you know the way you straight away went doesn't matter life is beautiful and yeah. I was just like man this yeah. is this no is matter just what we'll find a time there's a time and place for everything right you yeah. really roll with the punches as, right. as they yeah. would say and it doesn't help having a silk it doesn't help having a cry and not only just in us having a chat right here, right now. There's a time and place for everything. And I truly believe like, um, you know, if it didn't happen one week, we'll just have for the next week or the week after. And having a sook or whining or just being negative in any situation in life in general does not help. So, yeah. Well, I agree. Um, I'm, I'm always a big pusher of um, the energy that you push out into the world yep. is the energy Likewise. you get back, right? So you find, right. you find a lot of people that are very negative all the time. Yep. They do have bad things happen to them. Yep. But I kind of feel like that's, that's that mirror bouncing back, yep. right? Where if you try to remain positive, like yep. I'm not saying you won't have hard times, yep. but generally speaking, the world will kind of turn back on you yep. and throw you some positive energy back, yep. right? Yep. That is so true. Like, Everyone looks at my attitude and be like, man, you look like you just woke up in the right side of the bed and just, you're always so happy and positive. <clears throat> Not knowing how much struggle I am in and how much, um, you know, financially, am I up there? Am I good? My car just broke down, but I'm still here. Like, you cannot tell because I'm not the kind of guy that if something bad happens in my life, it doesn't help when you just tell everyone. And you know, like when someone, you're just talking to someone, you're just talking and talking and they just mention something negative and you're like, where'd that come from? <laughs> it didn't even add with the conversation what we're talking, you know, and I've learned how to just stop negativity. And um, even when we're in a group of people and just someone's always bad-mouthing someone or someone's talking about just negative stuff, um, I've learned how to stop it or just walk away from it because... Sometimes with you just lingering there, 
and listening to that, you've now become a part of that, and they're they're trying to take sides. And I find personally, uh, it, it actually took me a long time. I've I've, I've learned to just stop it. No negativity or um, guys change subject. And I'll even happily say it because um, not everyone needs to know that. And if someone's bad mouthing about me, that is nowhere near my business. If they can talk about me, however. Regardless of them, I'll still be me and I'll still live my life. That's crazy. That's crazy. But I, I, I totally agree. And yeah. and usually it's those people, like, if they're negative all the time, before soon they don't get the invite to the group meetings That's anymore, right? right? Like they get they, a mad invite. It's like literally every time we meet up, you, yeah. ruin, you, you ruin the vibe. So yeah. therefore That's we're right. just going to leave you out of it. Yeah. But listen, like, you, you, you talk about obviously, um, you know, having an, an, an older brother that's also a fighter. And yep. um, I, I believe, you know, when you fight, he's obviously one of, one of your cornermen. He's yep. in, in your corner. Um, to Tell us about the little process there. Like, was it was it always like? Do you do you kind of feel like you were always going to follow in his footsteps? Um, I, I did. Um, I mentioned before, Rana Abidada. There's actually three of us brothers um, together. We're called the the Badass Brothers. There's Rana Abidada. There's Von Abidada, and I'm the youngest brother, Michael Abidada. We do have a younger sister. However, she's all brains, no brawl. <laughs> she hasn't had a fight. But us three brothers, um, we're all world champions. And um, when I um, get ready for a fight back in the days, it was always the McKinnon brothers and my brothers always in the corner. And um, I couldn't have more than an A-team or dream team by my side. And I was risen by champions. I was, I was very fortunate to, to train at a gym where everyone there was just a goal of training and bettering themselves. Um, I was, even with my gym, um, the gym at Blacktown, there's no one intimidating. There's no one there hard. You know, we're all there as a family-orientated gym, women-orientated, kids-orientated. Like, I'll be training, and my kids are running amok everywhere. So, yeah, they, it, it, like I mentioned before, my brother, where I was risen by positive, positive people. And people would have been there, done that, and still doing it to this day. So, um. Yeah, just training with the people, the best of the best in the business, it does help. And, you know, champion begets champions. I, I have to ask, though, um, were you guys a handful for your parents? And, and what I mean by that is um, obviously having three fighters under the same roof, like, you know, and siblings do, especially at a younger age, you disagree a lot and, and, and things like that. Um was there ever a problem or did you guys like literally yeah. put on the gloves, go out into the backyard and, and, and sort out your differences? How, how was it Look, like growing between up? Between us brothers, we're all good. We're not those kind of um, family to fight physically like that. Um, I can honestly say words do hurt more than a punch. Words, thoughtless words hurt more than a, than a, a knife to the back. So you know what I mean? Like we never actually fought physically, but we have said words that you just can't take back and you're like, oh my gosh, what did I just say? But regarding family, um, I was a teenager fighting and I had to hide it from my mum because she didn't approve at fighting at that stage. Um, I can honestly say my parents are old school. They don't understand the, that, that we train really hard for a fight. They're more like they're in the caring um, boat where they just don't want to see you get hurt and I can honestly say that watching someone that you love is probably one of the hardest things you've ever um, witnessed. You know, like I remember my wife fighting and I just couldn't even breathe. But you got to put your, your faith in them and be like, no, nah, you trained for this, you got this. But um, my, like I mentioned, there's three world champion brothers and there's a younger sister. And uh, I remember this one time um, we're at the... We were at King's Cross, we were drinking out, and um, my sister blasted at me, and she's like, Michael, you know how hard it was for a girl like me to go out for a date with three world champions? And I was like, oh my God, where's this coming from? And my sister's like, all the guys are intimidated to talk to me. All the guys are scared of you guys, you know? And it was so hard for me to date. Look, I've only had two boyfriends ever in my life so I don't get around I'm a good girl I go to church so stop meddling in my business 
And just like that, my, my baby sister just grew up. So, you know, it wasn't, I can honestly say it, was, it wasn't hard for me, but um, elsewhere in the family, it is hard. Um, another thing being a bedada as well, that I thought it was hard was, even though that my brother paved the way for me to fight, it, he became a world champion by the time I was in my teens. It's kind of like um, people expect you to be as good as him. And to fill in um, someone else's shoes, and especially big shoes, it's, it's really hard. So I had this um, a shadow cast over me. And I remember me and my middle brother were, were fighting. And there's been fights where I just don't want to be there. You know, I just the heart wasn't into it. I was only fighting because my brother was a fighter. And then I, I remember taking a loss to the chin. And I, I really had to soul search that night. And I was like, you know what? I can use that as an excuse or I can fight. And uh, when I said I was going to fight, no more using the whole shadow as an excuse. No more using my brother's a world champion, so I have to be a world champion. No, if you want to fight, Michael, you got to fight. So, um, yes, it's all good when your family is a world champion, but you've got to learn to to take the chin. you got to take the hits. And... Um, Yes, I, I learned to take the hits, and what do you know? I've now become a four times world champion. So, and uh, and was it a matter of filling shoes, or like, and I guess where I'm going with this one is like Tim Su right now. He's yep. making some waves, right? Yep. But I remember when he uh, not his last fight, but the fight before that, um, which was I think at Bank West um, Stadium yep. a, a, against uh, Morgan from New Zealand and stuff. Mm. And he really announced, like, to the world, he was like, and by the way, my name is Tim, yeah. right? Did you have that same problem? Because obviously, leading, leading up to that event, everyone was always like, he's getting these fights because yeah. of his surname, right? Yeah. They were yeah. basically like, you're living in your father's shoes, shoes yep. and all that. And and he really made a point of that and yeah. said, I'm Tim. I'm yep. not Costa Sue's son. Yep. Yep. I am Tim. Now, did you have that same problem? I, I did have that same problem. And I'm actually happy that you, you mentioned that because... That was exactly how I felt. It To have like the shoulders on your world and to fill in someone else's great shoes, it is hard. It really, really is hard. And it's so easy to use an excuse of that to make you fall. But there's got to be something deep down inside you, even deeper to be like, nah, stop using that for an excuse. And by the way, um, Tim, if you're listening to this, you're doing it well. You you are riding it and you are carrying it really, really well because I know exactly how it feels to to be cast over with a massive shadow over you and I know how it feels to try to fill in those shoes. But you know what? He's wearing it well and he's knocking people out, not just because of his dad's name, it's because of his hard work and talent. And um, I think he's going to do well in the world of boxing. But yeah. To be honest with you, I, I think at the moment we, we've we got a few names in the world of boxing. I, I, I think mm. we, we've got a few on the come up. Obviously, Tim's there. Um, you know, you got Jarvis. He, mm. he, he's doing big things. Uh, one of my past guests, Sam Goodman, um, he, he's a, a young and I think he went, he's now eight and zero. He's fighting on the next Paul Gallon card Fight, as well. Yep. Um, so I, I think we have a lot of young talent. Uh, right now, when it comes good, yeah. to the world of boxing, anyway, that's yeah, that's yeah. really coming up, and I think they're going to start. I mean, we got George um, about to fight for a world title um, in in two weeks, right? Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah I, I I do think we're really in. Yeah, there is a lot of um, young upper fighters coming. Um, I can honestly uh, honestly say, but there is fighters from our gym that are, that are um, red hot at the moment. There's this kid; he's only fifteen, turned sixteen, Mikai. Meads, he just fought on the weekend. There is my nephew, um, Isaiah Bedardo. And um, it's kind of like the legacy continues for them now. It's like I'm slowly passing on my torch to them. And it, and it's really heartwarming to know that because like, um, I have a son myself and he's only uh, nine months years old. And um, one thing that my, me and my wife said is, you know, like we're not going to force our kids to, do, to, to fight. Um, I will try to stay, uh, you know, like show a good example. But um, the fact that one of the other Bedados are, are now fighting and he, he's just doing so well, there is a lot of upcoming fighters, and it, it's heartwarming to know that the legacy continues. 
And when it comes with these kids, um, obviously being a fighter yourself, um, and and this is just a a subject that I've never brought up, is like, do you think there's such a thing as, um, especially coming to this full contact sport, um, you know, I mean, when we talk about rugby, you've got touch football and Oztag and all that. Like when it comes to whether it be boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, um, do you, do you think there's a right age to to begin? Because obviously there, there, there's two sides of it, right? Yep. On on one side is you don't want to start too late because if you start saying you're mid twenties and yep. some kids been doing it since they were like eight years old, yep. right? The chances are you're going to get your ass whooped, right? Like yep. it, it, it literally is. But then there's also the whole now, especially now, and, and as I say, it goes to football as well is with the CTE and and, and, and things like that. Uh, the head trauma, and yep. and especially while you're young and your brain's still developing, do you do you think there there is a good age to yep. begin, or like do you think there's a good age to begin with certain conditions, yep. or like what, what what's your thoughts with that? I don't believe it at all with with a certain age because um, it does have a massive massive advantage if you start young <clears throat> with anything. From reading, riding, to riding a bike, to driving. Um, If you start young, yes, it has a massive advantage. I know people in their 20s or 30s that have just started kickboxing and are now fighting, and I'm like, good on you. And I know one particular person who fought in the late 20s and became a world champion in the 30s. And um, look, age is a number. However, it does have its advantage starting young. Um, and yeah, that's all I can say with that one. But I mean, starting young then, like when, when you say start young, are you more talking about the training or would you be happy for, for say, someone in, in their early teens to, yeah. to go out and compete full contact? Well, there's a certain time that um, a trainer will look at a person and will be like, you know what, you've got the talents and the mind and condition for to fight. Um, I know my brother, Ryan Abidado, would not throw someone into the ring unless they're ready. And he would train them so hard, so, so, so hard, if they miss a day of training, if they, if we're telling them to instruct something, whether I want to see some uppercuts, I want to see more kicks. If they're not able to demonstrate that while we're talking or um, while during the training, my brother wouldn't throw them into the into the ring. So it's not really the age, it's more the ability. And um, even when I was fighting, um, I was a kid, age 16, 17, I was fighting people uh, twice my age. I was fighting people that were real men in their mid-20s, mid-30s, and I was still knocking them out. And one thing that I remember saying to myself, it's not really age, power, speed that's that scared me. It was more that talent and their abilities. If I saw their abilities p- through a previous fight, I'd be like, this guy is good. And I remember fighting people that don't even have abs. They just look as average as average can be. And they're the ones who gave me the hardest fight. So it's not really about the age. It's more about the talent and their abilities. That was more intimidating for me. And, and and talking about hardest fight out of all the fights that you had if if and, and and this is win lose draw whatever if there was one fight that you were like i earned i earned my keep that day yeah. right or in whichever way like looking back at your career and and i say that like obviously your career hasn't finished so i don't want to go looking back as it like you've finished yeah. your career but yeah, well, to 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 this point yeah. um what what's the toughest battle in your eyes that you've had and why um I fought a nine times world champion, multiple world champion. His name was Johan Ledon. And I fought him in, um, in a CM team in, in the cage. So stand-up fighting rules in the cage. And um, like I mentioned, he's nine times world champion. He had 130 fights at the time. I only had 50 or 51. And the odds for him against me, no one put their money on me. There was like a 50 to one odds. And not only did I beat him, I knocked him out. And um, I re- I just remember training so, so hard for that fight. And not only did I um, train really hard, I still had to work at the same time. So I, I would work a 12-hour shift. Um, back then I was working at the Opry House. I worked a 12-hour shift. I would 
it would take two hours to travel there, um, an hour and a half come, coming back, and then had to train. And then on my days off, which I only had two or three days off, I would just train, train, train. And um, I was just always physically, physically tired. And I just remember just after that fight, it was like, oh my gosh, that was the hardest fight of my life. And when you mentioned the hardest fight, I don't really think it was like the fight itself. It's the training camp. Um, and people would always normally say, any fighter would say that it's the time at the gym is one, you know, during the training camp. The fight is one during your, the time in the gym, the time you're jogging, the time you're training. It's not really in the ring. So it was that fight, Johan Ledon, <laughs> that was my hardest fight. And I guess part of the, the battle that everyone always talks about as well is the fight camp, right? Because yeah. like you, the, the, the fight camp, there's so many ups and downs that as I always say to people, like one, one day you, you feel like you could be the world champion or beat the world champion. And then very next day you, you, you feel like, you know, you're an amateur again, just because for whatever reason, your body's breaking down and, and, and it, and it gives you a little bit of fear. Right. But yeah. then the, then, you know, a few days later you, you're good again. Um, the training camp is like, it's an emotional roller coaster. It's really, really hard because, you're right, some days your dopamine levels are up and you're just on top of the world, you're training well. And, you know, like, to be a world champion, it's for me to train for a fight, the universe has to be in line. My house to be, has to be clean. My, my wife understands that I've got to be in training. It's less time um, with family. But um, it's, it's emotional, yeah. You have to miss a few christenings. You have to miss a couple of birthday parties because, you know, you don't want to be tempted to stay out late drinking while you've got your opponent who's training hard the next day. So um, the training camp is definitely way more harder than the fight. And um, it's the training camp that makes you, the, it builds you. It's the training, the training camp is what makes you a champion. Um, has there ever been a time though in, in, in all of your fights that you've been backstage warming up and you're like, you know, every every fighter's probably worst nightmare where they feel like, damn, I don't feel like I did enough this camp for whatever yeah. reason. And it could have been early on in your career where there was a little immaturity maybe because you're talking about like missing missing christenings and stuff yeah. like that, right? Yeah. And obviously seasoned professionals, I, I, I see that all the time. Like, I mean, you'll even have uh, pros that'll move into the gym and they leave their family for like two months, right? Like, because mm -hmm. they just isolate themselves. But, you know, you see, once again, we're going like guys that start at a very young age, yep. they're teenagers, yep. they have a friend's 18th birthday or yep. 21st birthday and they're like, well, it's just bad timing, yeah. but I'm not going to miss my mate's birthday or whatever. Yeah. Have you ever had moments like that? And yeah, then like yeah. gotten to the backstage, you know, yeah. you're warming up, you're, you're hitting the pads and you're like, yeah, you know what? And it's hard. Um, it wasn't actually in the backstage. I remember having this fight and um, when, when you're fighting in the backstage, everything's all positive. But then when push came to shove, I'm in the fight and I'm just losing this fight. And I'm like, I don't even know why I'm losing. Like this guy should be nothing to me. I, like, I've, I've, I'm trained with champions. And then just like that, something just clicked inside me where I just gave up. I, I, I remember just going down. I wasn't even hurt. I remember just going down and I just stayed down and I was just like faking it. And I was like, ah, you know what? I, when your heart and your mind does not want to do it, physically you just can't be, be there. You don't want to be there. And I remember um, just that fight. I was just so ashamed that I had just given up. My trainer, Stuart McKinnon, we had to talk the next, that, that following week. He's like, Michael, what you did on the weekend, I was pretty bad, man. I, I can't train you if you're going to be like this. And um, he's my hero. He's a massive mentor to me. And I was like, in my tears, he's like, no, don't do this. I, I I'm sorry, it won't happen again. And he's like, well, he, he said something that actually stuck by my head forever. And he goes, Michael, when you're in the ring, that is the most loneliest place you'll ever be. So you can't depend on your brother you can't depend on me that i trained on you you've got to depend on yourself you're all by yourself so when you gave up man you just gave up on everyone and i was like oh my gosh so yes just like that my heart just gave up and just you used all the excuses in the world i didn't see family but I, you know just like that i uh 
gave up. And you can use not going to parties. Yeah, but I did have it in my heart, you know. However, there is a positive side to that. There was this one time I had this um, hard fight. It was a CMT fight as well. Stand-up rules in the cage. And I fought this awesome fighter. His name was Mark Lucci, Luciari. And we're just fighting toe-to-toe. And he gave me this body punch from hell. And it hit me so hard. And the look on my face was like, I'm going down. I, like, I actually thought I was going to get knocked out. And then just, just like that, in the click of my, fa- in my heart and my head, it, my heart just turned over. I was like, you know what? If I want to go down, if I want to get knocked out, I'm going to get knocked out trying. And the next thing, you know, I'm just throwing all these haymakers. And I'm throwing the hardest punches I've ever threw. Mind you, I've been stabbed in the liver with a body punch. And I was like, nah, I'm not giving up. The next thing you know, I dropped him. And when he dropped, I was like, oh my gosh, I actually got him. And then he got up and we're just punching on even more. And would you know, he survived that round. And um, I went on to knock him out the next round. And I just look back on it now. I could have given up. When that guy gave me a punch to the liver, I was like, I'm done for. Um, But it can go either way from giving up or not. Heat on, let's fight on. So your mind is a very powerful thing. And whatever you think of, it's true. It's right. You're right. If you think you're going to give up, you're right. If you think you can do it, you're right. So the, your mind's a powerful thing. And at the end of the day, it's whatever excuses you would use to justify yourself. And um, I don't want to use an excuse anymore. I fought on and that's... The rest is history. Can I ask you though, like the the one that uh, that you mentioned, where you said you you gave up. Yeah. Um, so obviously you didn't get taken out. You gave up. Yeah. And your coach had words to you afterwards. Yeah. What was the the process like afterwards? Like, was there a bit of soul searching? Like that. And I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, did that one eat away at you for a little while? Like, did, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, have you even to this point? Like, it, it, does it sometimes still come back to you and go, man, I really, I, I, I really like. Does it still eat at you, yeah. or is it something that you have been able to put in the past? Have you yeah. been able to like make up for it? Like, yeah. How how? It's funny and ironic how you mentioned that because. This is the first time I've actually mentioned it out loud. Uh, the two people that really know me, like my wife, my brother, I've probably mentioned to them, but um, I haven't mentioned this story to anyone. And um, yeah, I did give up. I did regret just be like, oh my God, I'm hurt. But I'm not hurt. I just didn't want it to go on because push came to shove. Um, and it, it doesn't eat away at me anymore because... Um, it's kind of, I've accepted, I've accepted it. And I've accepted that I use um, that as an excuse. I've used, oh, but I wanted to experience going out. I wanted to experience um, drinking while I was young. Um, you know, uh, I remember in my year 12 formal, um, there was um, an after party. I did not go to the year 12 formal for my, um, back in the days because I had a fight the following week. That I regret. However, I'm a world champion now. I'm a f- multiple world champion now. So there is no reason why to dwell in the past about missing something. It's either, you know, accept it, let it go, and move on. And um, that loss that I happily accepted, that um, you just got to learn how to just let it go and just move forward because just dwelling in the past saying oh my gosh i've learned how to let it go because um i paid the consequences of it and the consequences of me going down and staying down is paid for now i won't let that ever happen again and use that as an excuse so every bad experience like that can be seen as a stepping stone and that's what I've done. No, and, and the reason I bring it up is, you know, like I always say, it's easy to win. Winning yeah. is easy, yeah. right? Like, I mean, it's not easy because obviously, it, you know, you've got another guy that's trying to win too. So I'm not saying the actual getting the win is easy. Mm-hmm. But once you get the win, 
it's easy. You can yep. post it on your socials. You can, you know, you're the hero, yep. right? Um, but the losses, I think, is what defines people. It does, right? It like, really, really does. And 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 I and I always say that you know, depending on who you are, like some people try to uh, make excuses. Yeah. Some people um, try to shy away from it. I mean, yep. the amount of times that fighters, yep. you know, say like they'll they'll clearly have a loss, yep. and it's not even by decision by a bad judges call or whatever. Like yep. they were taken out of the fight, yep. they gave up, whatever, and they'll turn around and go, "I'm still undefeated," and it's like, yep. "Well, no, no, you're not." Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and 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 then you have others that are like, "Yes, I, I take this loss." Yep. I, move on. I, I totally accept this loss. Yep. I'll learn from the loss yep. and I move on. And yep. it's usually those ones that I find end up like bouncing back a lot quicker. Yep. Um, and, and I guess that's why I find it in, interesting. Like, and, and that's what I mean. Like the fact that it wasn't a loss, but it was a loss that you gave up on. Like, yep. does it, does it sometimes just eat away, you know? Yeah. Like, cause but you're like, just like, yeah. damn, I really let myself down there. Yeah. Like I mentioned, just use everything as a stepping stone and, you know, I've, there's, there was this one world title fight, my bare knuckle fight in Myanmar. Um, leafway rules. Headbutts are allowed, picking up and dumping. It's a very, very violent sport. I had to travel to a different country just to do it. And um, I fought the number one contender, and he was undefeated. And I clearly beat him. In my heart, I beat him. I did more combos. I did cleaner shots. I moved more. Um and I lost the world title because of bad decisions, bias. People were just being biased. And um, it does not help having a sock. It does not help going on the social media platform and just go, man, I won that fight. I should have taken that world title. No, it doesn't work on your favor. Hell, I actually smiled, shook his hand and be like, good on you. Next time's mine. And I, I went back to fight for this um, a second time, uh, bare knuckle fight. And I fought the number two contender. I clearly beat him again. And, you know, it's it's kind of like my brother told me this. When you go to someone else's country, you fight the golden boy, you got to win by knockout. If you do not win by knockout and it's a close fight, automatically you lose. And when I just remember fighting my heart, out, fighting, 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 and um, I wasn't able to knock him out. Deep down inside, you know what? I've lost this fight. So I've already accepted that it's going to be a hard win. So I don't put it, the chances on the judges. That was my fault for not knocking him out in the first place. So you just got to accept it and you can't blame anyone else. It does not help that way. And I'm more happier that way. And I've, I've got to learn to move on. So, yeah. And can I ask you, like, obviously being the world champion of one discipline, as I said in the intro, you, you you've done the bare knuckle. Um, you you you've thrown your hat in with MMA. Why? What what was the reasoning behind those kind of matches? Was it more as like uh, what a lot of people have over here that they're struggling to find fights and 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 you 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 found fights in other ways? Was yeah. it more that you just wanted to uh, take up a new challenge? Yeah. Like what was your reasoning? for venturing out into, as I say, like bare knuckle, MMA. Yeah. What, what was your reasoning for that? Well, with the MMA, I did try MMA. Um, I've got to say I was raised and born just to stand up, to be a stand-up fighter. Um, I remember just trying to do that MMA thing. Within two seconds, the guy took me to the ground and it was just one of those messy fights where you're just trying to struggle and survive. Um I'm more of a stand-up fighter. So when I got offered to do stand-up fighting um, in um, Burma, Myanmar, I took it and I was like, you know, I'll take on this challenge. And um, just like John Wayne Parr, fighters fight. You give them my opportunity, they'll take it. They don't do it for the money. We do it for us. We do it for the glory. We do it because we like a challenge. If you don't take on that challenge, you don't take on a goal or something to look forward to, your body gets too complacent. Your body just lingers around until there's another challenge. And, you know, someone gave me the challenge and I've taken it on. And at the moment, I've got a bigger challenge. Um, there's a massive show in Dubai and um, I'm now working for them. It's called BKK, Bare Knuckle Kingdom. And um, we're scouting fighters from all over the world and multiple world champions. And we're all jumping in on it. Um, I remember 
bare knuckle being legalized in America, within a year, it's now become one of the biggest things. So I can see this fight taking off. And not only am I probably going to fight in it, I just want to be get a hand in it. I want to be on the winning team. So come July, uh, July, I'm going to travel um, to Dubai and um, to help out there and just be part of the winning team. And who knows, maybe in a couple of months from now, I'll be doing bare knuckle fighting again against the top of the top of the top in the world. So yeah. And 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 what is your thoughts on bare knuckle? Because as you mentioned, like it is a pretty new. Well, it's it's not. It's one of the oldest sports if you really look at the history That's of it. That's correct. But it, it when when it comes to mainstream now, it's probably one of the newer sports. And yeah. like there, there's two thoughts on it. And 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 one is that it is absolutely brutal. Yes. Um, like I always say when people ask me, they're like, "What do you think of it?" And I'm like, "It is brutal." but I can't look away, right? Yeah, like yeah. it's it, it's brutal, but I, and, and what I say about brutal, like I'm not even talking about the fights. I mean, some of the fights are pretty brutal. I mean, you yeah. saw Beck, um, you know, she became champion. That's over right, in, massive fan of hers. straight away, you know, you see those shots of her losing the tooth. And yeah. and then I, I think for me, the, the uh, brutality is after the fight when fighters are posting their photos of their hands. And... Yeah. And it just looks like their hands are broken after every single fight. That's where I'm like, that's brutal. Uh, but like being someone who's experienced uh, bare knuckle and, and obviously you deal a little more with it. Like, yeah, what are your real thoughts on on, 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 on bare knuckle? Look, um, I like it. It's for me as a fighter, it's challenging. It's very entertaining. And um like the the one thing that I like about Leafy when I jumped in, it's a sport and more of a tradition. You know that it's been around for years that sport. And like look at Muay Thai and kickboxing now, and you know like here in New South Wales, you have to wear elbow padding, you have to wear headgear, and we're like, man, Muay Thai's been around for many years, and we're just changing the sport by wearing pads. I I think it's wrong. I don't like. People come to see people fight. People train so hard so they don't get knocked out. You know, let a fighter fight. You know, like you mentioned before, these bare knuckle fighting has been around for centuries. And putting on these headgears and pads, we're changing technically the sport. Let the sport be played. Let the sport be watched. And people want to see that. And, um, you know, like people do want to see people get knocked out. And in the world of fighting, Anything can happen. Anything can happen. From someone versing a, a dad bod to someone very muscular. And what do you know? The the guy with the dad bod can win. Never and judge a book by its cover. You never. And it, it does happen. That's why people like to watch it. You know, because anything can happen and it's just so entertaining. And, you know, like the worst of the worst can happen is, yes, you get injured really badly or you can die. But, you know, in any other sport, people get injured anyway. And um, I'm pretty sure, like, in the world of sports, an injury, like MMA or um, contact sport, like what we do, is, like, coming seventh. I think the first one is, like, netball or soccer with the most injuries. So... You know, well, like, I, I, I don't know about soccer. I think that's more... Uh, the ankle thing. <laughs> I was going to say that's more Oscars. That's the, the, there's, good, <laughs> the Oscars. There, there, there's good acting there. I don't know there if they're is. actually getting hurt. That's right. Um, but no, I, I totally get what you what you mean. And I mean, there was this famous um, uh, Joe Rogan podcast where he actually said, you know, um, you know, gloves are there uh, to protect the fighter's hands, not the actual yeah. head. And so therefore yeah. he that's made That's correct. It. That's correct. It's not, the gloves are not there to protect your head, their head. It's there to protect your hands. And, um, you know, with bare knuckle fighting, come on, people want to see knockouts and that's what they'll pay to watch and that's what we provide. So we'll see how we go. Now, going back to your MMA, so did you only take the one MMA fight? Or? I only took the one MMA right. fight Would and I just, I just, uh, I'm a stand-up fighter. Uh, I really am. And I just remember taking that fight and then John Wayne Parr contacted me and it was like, look, I've got this idea. It's Muay Thai, but in the cage. What do you think? You know, we're like, that's a brilliant idea. It was one of the best ideas that he came up with. And it ran for several years. And then um, one championship, um, I had a look at that sport and I've um, got the hand in that sport as well. And now they do 
um, kickboxing in the cage, and it's a massive, massive success. And um, with four ounce gloves, with as well. four ounce gloves, and you know, it's it's you know, it's the ratio rate of getting people getting knocked out are more higher, and that's what people want to see. Yeah, crazy. Um, yeah, I, I was just going to say if that was your one and only MMA fight, <laughs> like I'm just just quietly. Uh, you probably couldn't have picked a tougher opponent. Um, Brogan Anderson, yep. um, he's a beast, to be honest with you. I, yep. I don't know um, how he hasn't been signed by the UFC yet. Yep. Uh, you know, a kid comes out of Dunedin. I've, yep. I've seen him live. And, mate, that, that guy's a tough opponent. Yep. And, and to have that as your one and only. Yeah. Like, I'm well, like, if, 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 if you get... opponent as well. Like, he, he knew that I was a somebody in the stand-up room. So he took me down within seconds. However, like, how the how it normally works is if you had one or two fights or if you had zero fights you normally fight someone with zero fights if you had 10 fights you want to fight someone with around that experience um i had zero mma fights so realistically i would fight someone who's in my experience but because i've had a i'm a world champion already in stand-up no one would fight me and then brady was like the only one so i've had to step up my skills and fight a somebody in mma where i was a nobody in mma and i was took on the challenge and never use that excuse i i fought a really world um fighter and i'm proud of that you know and i, I can honestly say to the fighters upcoming and i can say to my students and my clients um you're gonna fight then fight don't worry about um about your opponent i remember listening to um mayweather's um interview once and then they were saying something about pacquiao punches the bag hard and his foot movements is good and he goes man i don't even for all the fights that i've had i don't ever look at any of the experience or any of the fight videos i don't study them i don't get my team or coach to study them we do our thing we do our own training we do our own training camp and I, we stick to that. He's like, I'm like water. I'm like, you know, I fill them out a couple of rounds. If they, you know, if I have to do more attacking, then I'll do more attacking. If I have to do more defense, I'll do more defense. I do me. I don't have to watch them and change myself around them. I would stick to my own training camp. And I thought that was well said. Said like a true champion. But in, in, in that uh, fight, obviously, as you said, like Bro Brogan was very smart. He took you down. Um, and talking about being in water, um, yeah. did you feel like a fish out of water once once he did take you down? Like, and yeah. and and I guess because the 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 age long debate that um a lot of people have now is, you know, can a boxer uh convert across to MMA or can MMA convert across to a boxer and and so forth? And and I always say like they're completely different sports. Like yes, they're combat sports, but they are completely different. So yeah. when that happened to you. Did you feel like yeah? Uh, were were you sinking in the water, so to speak? <laughs> look, um, I'm more comfortable standing up, and look, any fighter transitioning to another discipline, um, you got to give him points for that as well because, um, and it does happen, and you can still be a big success. But like we mentioned before, the earlier you start at your age, or earlier you start, the more better, and the probability of you winning is more higher however um i don't take it away from brody he took me he, he knew that i was a stand-up fighter he took me down and he beat me i thought that the ref in my eyes stopped the fight way too early um brody had me i was on the ground we we're just wrestling for like the whole uh four minutes but in the last minute he, he stayed on top and was just punching none of those punches hurt me none of those punches clearly affected me i was trying to fight back um the ref stopped it and i just honestly remember looking at the ref like watch you stop it for look at me i'm fine and the ref was like you're in that one position and you didn't nothing was progressing and um he explained to me earlier like if you don't progress there's no reason why i should just let the fight go and i'm like i had one more minute to go none of the fight um punches um you know affected me but you know when it's when it comes to the ref's job, once you call it, you can't take a step back. He called it. And um, in my eyes, he called it way too early. But I don't talk about it. 
and I just moved forward and Brody, you're the best man that won out of that fight. No, and as I said, like he, I, I, I honestly don't know how he's in in the UFC or whatever. Yeah. Like I honestly like. Yeah. Um, and speaking of which, you've actually fought one of the UFC stars of New Zealand too. Yeah, I fought him twice, uh, and, uh, Brad Riddell, right? Yeah, but I, obviously that wasn't in MMA. Um, no, I fought him in the world of um, kickboxing. Um, I would have loved to fight him in um, in full Muay Thai. Um, personally, for me, my discipline and my style is Muay Thai. My knockout ratio in Muay Thai is way more harder, uh, more higher than kickboxing. And I've got this thing that as, as soon as we touch gloves and it's a Muay Thai fight, I am throwing those elbows. And um, you can't stop those elbows. And if you did stop one, I'll just throw another because throw 50 elbows i may miss 50 elbows but all i need is one connection and in that one elbow most likely would knock you out so um people had kind of studied me and will be like you know what i'll fight the only way i'll fight michael is in k1 rules or kickboxing rules several fights have i fought people when they were like no nah, i won't fight michael unless it's kickboxing rules or mma rules i'm oh, sorry kickboxing or k1 rules and when I did, just, sorry. So, just for the listeners that don't know, like, what are what are the differences between Muay Thai and and, and kickboxing? A good question. So, kickboxing is clearly kick, kicking and punching. Just kickboxing. Full Muay Thai rules means you can elbow, punch, knees, and kick. Which is when you cop a knee or an elbow, it is really dangerous. It cuts as bit as deep as a blade. Now, we've got this thing called K1 where you're able to knee but no elbows. So you can punch, kick, knee but no elbows. And um, my discipline for Muay Thai rules, my, 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 how should I say, where I shine the most was with my elbows because I had this idea from a very young age and it actually made me a champion. Why fight the whole round when you can knock someone out with one elbow? And... There's been fights where I've actually been losing. Losing the fight. And I was like, man, I better step it up. And I just click him with one elbow. This is bleeding blood everywhere. The ref calls it off and I've won. And um, if I did not elbow him, I would have been like, could have, that, that was a close fight. I could have lost. So at a very young age, I knew my elbows were weapons. They, they are very dangerous. So... With some most good fighters, they 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 knew my, um, you know, my got my my danger, and they'll be like, no, nah, the only way I'll fight Michael Bedardo is with K1 rules, and Brad Riddell, I fought him twice in K1 rules. I would have loved to loved to fight him in um, full Muay Thai or in the cage, but um, good and good on him. And if Brad Riddell, if you're listening to this, big fan of yours, keep going, mate. Man, like he, he's doing big things too, he right? Really is. Like, and and, good on him, and, and, and good on him. I mean, I like, just wish the best for all the fighters that I have fought, and you know, all the fighters out there doing it. You know, like I'm just a small man trying to make it big in the world, and he's he's doing the exact same thing, and good on him. No, but you're right. There, I forgot what fight it is, but there's a, a definitely a fight, and it's up on YouTube. Um, guy shaved head and 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 i just remember you like literally throwing like <laughs> i lost count probably like 20 elbows but like yeah. in a row and i think even the commentators were like why did he even put on put boxing gloves, gloves yeah right like so that guy um, his name is mark luciani and i fought him twice and is he a true fighter he's is he a champion and um he's the guy that gave me that body punch from hell and i just had to fight on so massive respect to him and his camp and his family. So yeah, look, I want to I want to kind of like tie things down anyway. But like, just looking uh, forward into the next sort of twelve months or whatever, like what what what's in store for you? Like, uh, obviously, you mentioned um, this this tournament that you're looking at uh, potentially yeah. doing. But like, what else is kind of happening in in, in the world of uh, Michael Bedardo? <laughs> well, I've got some big dreams and big goals and. At the moment, they are hard. And as I mentioned before, I'm just a little man trying to make it big in the world. Um, I've now doing my own business. It's um, doing personal training out here in the west side, Blacktown, Rouse Hill area. And um, so my brand is called Mad Invite. I call it Mad Invite Training. Um, this 
what I'm wearing right now. Um, it's actually got the um, covert symbol on it because my business wouldn't have been my business because of covert, and it gave me a because of covert. It gave me a chance to to just jump in the deep end and do what I'm doing now, and you know have a passion in it. But um, look, um, I'm just hoping to build it up big, and hopefully we'll have um, Mad Invite jackets and and build my own company up from scratch to where I am now, and maybe it'll be the next Adidas or Nike. Who knows? I'll have my own gloves that are Mad Invite. And hopefully I can be in my brother's shoes and and have my own gym. But um, I've got to do one step at a time and, um, you know, dreams do come true, which I do truly believe and I'm going to work my butt off until I get it. And, and it's crazy, as you mentioned, like, uh, you know, like, uh, I mean, we kind of spoke about this before the podcast as well is, is, is COVID, right? For some people, once again, it was an excuse. I can't work. I'm out of work. I do this. I do that. Where other people like yourself uh, have actually seen the whole COVID process as yeah. a positive thing. And when I say positive, obviously for people listening, like COVID's not a positive thing. Like obviously, you know, li lives have been lost and stuff yeah. like that. I'm not trying to spin it that it's, it's a positive thing, but I'm yeah. saying like, you know, the way people have handled it, and I'm not talking about the virus, I'm talking about the whole, as I say, the yeah. shutdowns, the lockdowns, the yeah. this, the that. I actually called it a reset button. Yeah. It allowed me to reset um, and kind of reevaluate things in my life, what was important, what wasn't. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny to see or amazing to see how, you know, two people, same scenario, handle it totally different, right? That's correct. And, um, I gotta honestly say it was hard. It it was a a big fall for me to lose my job, and um, it just gave me a chance to to do what I'm really doing now. I've got enough clients to have my own business, and I I just remember the the, the first week um, the lockouts actually happened. Um, I lost my job, um, and I had nothing to fall back on, and I mean nothing. All the gyms, pubs, clubs were closed, so. Literally, I could not work with my work and trade of what I did my whole whole life. I couldn't uh, make any money. And um, just one by one, people just started messaging me, um, you know, do you train people? And I did. And I'm just so grateful now of how my life turned out. And, um, you know, it's, I'm not denying that a lot of bad things happened in COVID, but I just turned it around and I had to because... If I did not turn it around and took that advantage of training people, um, I would not be seeing the success that I'm seeing now. And um, I'm not the kind of man to create envy, but I'm just so grateful for the the way things turned out right now. And now that it has turned out this way, I want more and I want to give back to the community and just keep giving out the knowledge that I have with my boxing and stand-up fighting and pass it on to my students and pass it on to my clients. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, look, on that note, I am going to wrap it up I, I, only because I know you've got places to be as well okay. and I kind of feel like we're, we're, we're really chewing into that time. And the last yep. thing I want to do is have you speeding, causing yeah. an accident <laughs> or getting a ticket. But listen, for people that want to reach out to you and and, and kind of like um, either like join, join your journey, um, yep. obviously as things start to reopen up, hopefully we'll see a few more fights out of you or even people that want to reach out to you and uh, potentially have uh, a PT session. Yep. Um, like do you service all of Sydney? Like uh, what's the deal? Like, yeah, if people want to reach out to you, what's the what's the best way they can kind of get in touch? Um, Instagram. By far, Instagram is the best way to contact me and just see how I'm doing in life. And I'm trying to build myself through the world of social media because I started off late. But if you Instagram me on Michael underscore badass, you will, feel, you will see me and um, see my funny stories and how I pass on my knowledge to others. And yeah, Instagram me. Perfect. And the last question I'll ask you before I, uh, I get you out of here is, I, I, I didn't and I should have, badass, where did that come from? Very good question. My brother, um, like I mentioned, was 10 years older than me. And he's he always said the commentator normally um, gives you a name. You, you know, and you got to earn that name. It's normally the crowd that just looks at you. And if you're fast, if you knock them out, you know, you don't give yourself a name. 
um, back in the early 90s, late 90s, the, the crowd gave you that name. And my brother was known for knocking up people and it was like, man, what a badass. So people stuck by that and it rhymed with, the, with our surname. My brother, when he fought uh, the middle one, Von Bidardo, it was like um, bad to the bone. And when I fought, I wanted to use my speed. I went a different direction, maybe rapid fire. But then um, my brother had this idea and it was one of the best ideas. He said, I think we sh you should be a badass as well. So when we're all together, we're the badass brothers. And um, I was 16 at the time. If you guys have kids, you can pass on that name to your kids. And just ironically enough, I was 16 or 15 when my brother told me that. I now have a son. He now has three sons. So one of the best decisions we've ever had in life and the legacy now continues. Nice. And and, and the thing that I was going to say to interrupt you a little bit was like, and it also scares your sister's boyfriend's away. <laughs> so, um, look, man, like, I, I really do appreciate the time. I am going to end it there. Only, look, I, I could chat to you for, I, I reckon, another hour, easy. Um, the, the, the reason I'm going to cut it short is because I know you've got somewhere to be. I know uh, uh, afternoon traffic is bad and you need to get to the other side of town. So, on that note, man, I really do appreciate you coming in. I do want to do this again at some stage. Thank you so much. For everyone else that is listening, have yourself a good week and stay blessed. I'm away. I'm away.